Good morning. This feels so weird, doesn't it? I'd never thought I'd be preaching to a video camera in an empty room. So you might have to bear with me this morning. I'm usually a bit of an audience participation preacher. I like to see smiling faces and hear the odd amen as I'm preaching. So uh, this is a little bit strange for me. But throughout these confusing and, and difficult times, we wanted to make sure we still provided you with an opportunity to grow in your relationship with God, both individually and also as families or with whoever you're staying with at the moment. So over the next few weeks, this is how we're going to be delivering our messages on Sunday mornings instead of our normal church service. So wherever you are this morning, whether you're on your own, whether you're tuning in as a family, um, I want to encourage you to seek God and see what he might be speaking to you about this morning. And we wanted to start a brand new sermon series over the coming weeks and I get the pleasure of introducing it to you this morning. And we were wondering what we could preach about during this time. Do we focus on overcoming hardships? Do we focus on drawing close to God? Do we focus on kindness and helping others and caring for others? There are so many things we could have spoken on, so many good, important things we could speak on. But what we wanted to do is speak from a famous passage, a well-known passage from Galatians 5, and look at the fruit of the Spirit. What does it look like to truly be people who are all out for God, especially when normal life changes slightly? What is our response to that? How should our actions look? So let's read the passage. If you've got your Bible, you want to turn to Galatians 5. Um, I'm sure by the wonders of technology, it's going to appear on a screen in front of me as I'm speaking. So let's have a look. Starting from verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness and orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Wonderful. So over the next few weeks we're going to be going through some of the key aspects of this passage bit by bit. But today I just wanted to provide a bit of an overview as to what the Apostle Paul is saying in this passage and what it means to us as individuals. And you know, one of the things that struck me this week, and remember we're not allowed to leave our house really, so I've spent a lot of time at home. Instead of speaking to my family, I've spent more time on social media. I'm sure a few of you can uh, understand that one. 
And you know, one of the things which has struck me this week looking at social media is the different responses we're seeing to the current situation. For some people it's anger. Why are you buying all the toilet roll? For others it's fear and confusion. For others it's joy and comedy. I've been loving watching some of the celebrity responses to what people are getting up to in their isolation, seeing footballers do kick-ups with toilet rolls and such like. For other people, they've reacted with positivity and encouragement. The range of responses has been absolutely fascinating. As Christians, though, our response to the situation and any other situation that we face in life, for that matter, how we behave, what we act like, is described by Paul in this letter to the Galatians. And what I love about this passage is that Paul is comparing people's actions before they become Christians to what their actions should be like once they put their trust in Jesus. And that is a key point straight away. Life as a Christian is supposed to look different, even unique. We're called to stand out. The list of behaviours before we know Jesus, or when we're in the flesh, to use Paul's terminology, is in direct contrast to what is described after we become Christians or when we're living in the spirit, again to use Paul's language. Can you see what I'm saying? Straight away, as Christians, we live lives that are different from the rest of the world. And times like these that we're living in give us perfect opportunities to do just that and to model it to others in a way which gets them to question why we're behaving in that way. We are living in times of great opportunity to bring hope into the world to bring a different flavor to be salt and light as jesus describes it you know it's really interesting that paul describes the characteristics as fruit like the fruit of the spirit is a spontaneous work of the holy spirit living in us there's nothing we can do to make the fruit come quicker in the same way that if i went out into my garden and shouted at the apple tree to produce apples nothing would happen Just to say that, I live in Stockton, so I don't actually have an apple tree. We don't do that in Stockton. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, the characteristics of a life transformed by Jesus, come naturally the closer we draw to his presence. And so Jesus has a lot to say about this too. Um, Really famous passage in John's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. Check this out. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See what Jesus is saying here is that the key to having a fruitful life The key to seeing good fruit produced is to remain close to him. And Paul is saying the very same thing to the Galatians. The fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. It is produced when we walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Jubilee, let me encourage you to keep being transformed by the Spirit. And this is the fruit that will be produced in your life. 
And this is amazing because so often as Christians, we can feel like we have to work hard to behave in a certain way. And we can feel guilty about how we act. Younger people at school, maybe this applies to you massively. We can feel like we need to behave in a certain way. And if we don't manage it, if we mess up, if we end up following the crowd or behaving in a way which doesn't glorify God, we fill ourselves with guilt. Who's ever felt like that? Well, if that's you, listen up. The more you draw close to Jesus, the more of his fruit will be produced in your life. The more you focus on drawing close to Jesus, the more your behaviour starts to change. If I could give you any advice or encouragement during this current situation, let it be just that. Draw closer to Jesus. Be filled with his spirit. Use your free time to study the Bible, to pray and seek God's. This is something you can do as families, children and younger people. Be encouraged to think creatively about how you can pray during this time, how you can read the Bible so that it comes to life. Make sure you're drawing close to God's. Take a leaf out of my wife Haley's book and blast the worship music out of the speakers at home. This is a time to draw close to God, to be filled with his spirit. And as we do that, we're guaranteed to see fruit. Instead of fear, sadness, confusion, anger and selfishness, we'll see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness and self-control. And that is exactly what the world needs to see right now. You know, I read an amazing quote from Bible commentator Alan Call as I was preparing for this talk. He was talking about the fruit of the Spirit, specifically joy. He said, to the Christian, joy is something quite independent of outward circumstances. And its source is the Holy Spirit. Drawing close to Jesus and seeing this fruit in our life will lead us to look past our current situation. The fruit of the Spirit comes from the Holy Spirit. It transcends our own understanding and our own current circumstances. Let me tell you, if you're feeling low at the moment, if you're feeling worried or scared, the fruit of the Spirit can be produced in your life. You've just got to draw close to Him. I've said it a few times this morning. Do you get my message? Look, we wanted to keep it short this morning. Um, So I'm going to finish in a second. But before I look at how we can respond to this, I just want to say one last thing. We've all got a choice to make in this. We can choose to walk in step with the Holy Spirit, being guided by him, following his prompting. Or we can go our own way and lean on our own understanding. There's a conscious decision to be made here the result of which is seeing fruit produced in our life. And a big part of this is trying to think about and focus on where we're um, putting our mindset and our thoughts at the moment. Are we coming to the source of life? Are we looking to the Holy Spirit? Are we trying to work these things out on our own? Are we trying to think through solutions to things on our own? This week as I was reading my Bible and trying to focus on God a little bit, I was reminded of the verse in Philippians 4. Check this out. It says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever 
is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let me paraphrase that using a bit of a, an old hymn, a classic old hymn. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let's not get caught up in the things of this world. Let's not get caught up in our current situation. Let's look to Jesus. Let's focus on him. Let's draw close to him. And as we begin to do that, let's see some of this fruit being produced in our life. That's my message this morning. I hope you found it encouraging. I'm just going to pray and then we'll look at how we can respond to this. Now, Jesus, I thank you so much for um, your amazing fruit that you've produced in our life, God. I thank you so much that as we draw close to you, Lord, we can see this amazing fruit produced in our life, Lord. And I want to pray for each of us during this current time, Lord. Would we fix our eyes? Would we fix our attention? Would we build our lives on you, Lord? That you are the solid foundation, God. In times of confusion, you bring clarity, God. Lord, where we're faced with fear, God, you bring a solution to that, Lord Jesus. So I want to pray for each of us. Would we focus our hearts, minds and attention on you, Lord? Lord, we thank you so much that you're the answer during this time, Lord. So I just pray for each of us. Help us to focus on you. Help us to draw close to you, Lord, I pray. Amen. All right, it would be great to respond to this, wherever you are this morning. And I guess there are a few ways we can respond to this, but the obvious starting point is with worship and thankfulness. Why don't you take a few minutes on your own or as a family just to make a list of things to thank God for? It could be aspects of his personality and characteristics. Thank you, God, that you're a good father. Thank you that you're full of grace and truth. It could be things he's done in your life. It could be a breakthrough in a situation that you've faced or that you're facing. Set your eyes on Jesus and spend some time thanking him. Let me tell you, generally, once you start listing things to thank Jesus for, you're never going to run out. After that, I think it's important to look outwards and pray for the obvious situation that we're facing at the moment. Spend some time thanking God for our government and the decisions that they're making. Praying for those in power and also praying for the staff on the front line, healthcare staff, retail staff, emergency services, teaching staff, those who are potentially having to do longer, more unsociable hours during this crisis. Finally, spend some time praying for those who might be at risk at the moment, those who might be vulnerable and isolated. It could be people you know, you might want to name them, or it could be others generally. Spend some time praying for them, because let me tell you guys, prayer is our best response. Thank you so much for listening.